Thank you for downloading this episode of the Carbon Life Pods, conversations with the creative, successful, inspired outliers. Available on Fountain App, Spotify, Apple Podcast and Anchor FM. To get involved with this show, download the Fountain App and listen to your favourite podcast through the platform, providing you, the listener, with an opportunity to engage directly with content creators. A new Fountain App feature now allows you to earn sats, which are fractions of a Bitcoin, direct to your wallet instantly just by listening. If you're looking for other ways to earn sats, it's as easy as searching and finding Coach Carbon on Linktree and then using one of the affiliate referral links. By learning about and adopting Bitcoin, you will not only be peering your head into the rabbit hole of financial curiosity, you will also be doing your part to fix the money and eventually fix the world. Until such time, whether you are working, exercising or relaxing, please enjoy this conversation and allow it to spice up your life. Uh, thank you for downloading the latest episode of the Carbon Life Pods. Today's conversation, I'm sure we're going to have a whale of a time. There's lots of history between us. And if 20 years ago, if you would have said, well, I'd be having a coach's conversation with this person, I would have said, get, get out of here. But here we are. So if you'd like to introduce yourself, and then we'll get this underway. Uh, I'm James Tweed. I'm the other half of my brother, Richard Tweed. We used to play for Oxford United back in the day, along with Josias and the, the other Motley crew that we had down there. Um, I've embarked on a journey. Uh, uh, crazy 20 years since I left football and uh, I'm now a full-time coach running my own football academy and I've traveled very extensively and coached in various countries and uh, yeah I'm living the dream so to speak. Incredible so I'm going to market this as an international conversation but you are here in, in the UK at the moment is that right? Yeah I'm in the UK at the moment I don't know how long for but I'm in the UK at the moment. So I'm going to if we can start where you are now with what you're doing and then we'll do a retrace and then come back to All right, back cool. To so at the moment, um, it's quite funny, actually. I moved back from Australia, uh, COVID hit, so everyone was doing nothing. And I was like working in warehouses and God knows where just to get out of the house. And uh, I, imbar- I got a job in London in a place called Southall. Now, Southall is probably the, it's called Little India because it basically where everyone from India or Punjab have gone to England to actually make their fortune. And there's a massive migration history in Southall. Um, but the interesting thing about the place was I was I walked into it and I was like, oh, my God, this is the most men- most mental place I've ever been because it just it's a different world. You know, people are still living like they're living in 1980s, 1990s. It's a cash money society. People are hardworking. It's sort of old school. Like I remember when I was growing up, sort of the same sort of family values. I think we've lost that um, a little bit. I, so- I soon grew to love the area. And then someone's sort of worded put a word in my ear and said to me look James you're working for these people but you can do better on your own so the light bulb came off <laughs> and I realized that to be honest with you from a business perspective that um Asian football is sort of the number one target for the FA along with women's football and I thought oh my god I'm in little India I'm in the heart of a multicultural society in, in um in in London I better make best use of this and uh 10 11 weeks ago we created ENG which my brother runs his own ENG. I've been running ENG in Australia, and I thought let's do ENG Football Academy in Southall. And uh, eleven weeks later, we have a hundred children, and uh, it's just been mind blowing. It's, it's incredible. I'm going to put obviously your uh, links in the show notes, but I would urge anyone to go onto your pages to look at your promo because you say eleven weeks. I saw the promos come out. I'm like <laughs> liking, sharing, commenting, sending you messages. Like this is incredible stuff. <laughs> so you uh, want to no, talk about? You want to talk about that? Yeah, we, we process. Do you, know, do you know what? We, we, we started off, it was quite funny, actually. I said to my partner, I said, Rajpreet, 
how do we create how do we captivate the community because the community is sort of intrinsically intertwined with religion faith culture um not many communities are like that and i thought how do we intertwine it so i thought let's create a video so i went on youtube and i thought oh my god the brazilian advert from back in the day <laughs> i thought i'm gonna do that in Southall because you've got mosques you've got good you've got hindu temples you've got churches you've got local famous restaurants you've got like the bollywood theme where a lot of films get made down the broadway which is a famous street i thought i'm going to get the kids dribbling down the broadway but not only that i'm going to bring the community together with this video because it's, 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 it's highlighting everything so we got yeah. girls we got boys we got kids who are muslim kids who are hindu kids who are punjabi um, the boy who was wearing the Punjab, uh, who was Punjabi boy, I think he's like semi-famous now. He's so famous in the area, it's unbelievable. But we put the video out on a very um, well-known, uh, we partnered up with a well-known uh, page on Instagram called UB1, UB2. And we went viral. We just went crazy overnight. And I, 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 I know what it feels like to be Cristiano Ronaldo now. My phone didn't stop the whole day and it hasn't stopped since. The, the video just keeps getting tons and tons of views. I feel like eight and a half thousand likes and 200 comments and it just keeps going every single day. Um, so that you, started you, you it. The detail, the production, it was like, this looks professional. What is professional? Yeah, it looked like a night cover. Was the interaction. So you had the bus driver, the shopkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> and the ice cream. Like... <laughs> and I was like, we put all this together. And my missus said to me, she goes to me, James, you haven't got no plan. I said to her, it's, it's all up here. Build it and they will come. Build it and they will come, mate. Uh, well, a, a minute and a half video took us seven hours to do. So um, yeah. I had the guy down there, the guy, um, Faisal. Um, he's an amazing guy. He, he done the video for us. And uh, when he put the video together, I'm like, oh, this is hot. This is the, the dog's bollocks. This yeah. video is fantastic. And uh, I, I said to him, something. you can bring it. <laughs> no, no, literally, I literally <laughs> thought to myself, I don't think I'm going to beat this video. So I'm going to milk it as much as I can. And secondly, it's like a I could be a one-hit wonder, and this could be my one-hit wonder, and I'm going to live off this for the rest of my life if I have to. <laughs> so go on back then. So the video's out. Then what? Yep. It's obviously building building your team. So, so before that, we 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 started a development program on the Saturday. We done an open day, and I didn't really expect too much. My partner's a teacher at school, so that helps. Um, and so we put this. We had like forty kids prior to that video going out. Um, they signed up and in the space of since the video went out I had so many phone calls emails people I got so much sponsorship from it I even had British Gas sponsor me as well so that was just a weird conversation we had as well um, and from 40 kids prior to the video going out we had like 110 kids we also have like in the space of 10 weeks this is crazy we have like five football teams as well which are playing the Middlesex Football League as well in the space of 10 weeks so it's just been mental, mate. Like, I've never seen anything like it. Like the, the speed of things that happen, like, you know, you've been in business and stuff, and things take time. This hasn't taken any time. This has just gone bang straight away. But so, yeah, it's, it's just it's been... It's a case of, you say, some things take time. Sometimes when you feel momentum, you need to build on it, which you've done. But also, in this age yeah. of the internet, social media, that little spark that for you to go viral then opens up so many doors, opportunities, which allows you then to... How that's oh, mate. I don't think it was a spark. I think it was like a nuclear bomb just went off. It was just mental. And still to this day, still to this day, people stop me in the street and they say to me, James, that video is amazing. You know, fantastic video. We love it. We've watched it about 20 times. But if that video can keep getting me customers or people into, because the, 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 the best thing about what we're doing is all the kids that you see at our program 
live in Southall. We don't necessarily, I don't want kids who are coming, who are traveling 10 miles, 15 miles to come to our program. It's not what it's about. It's a community. community. Yeah. It's, a, it's a community. It's for the community. And if I can create something else in another community, I want the kids in that community representing their community. Yeah. If anyone ever come down to Southall, like, it's just that like, you have Oxford Road, which is a, a predominantly Asian area. Is it Cowley? Cowley Road? Sorry. Oh, sorry, Cowley Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, you're Cowley Road. But you times that by 100 and then you've got Southall. You know, Southall is just an unreal place. I've never seen anything like it. And so there's a good vibe to it as well. So that, that, this is you currently. And again, look at, yeah. you know, you look, you're looking well, you're looking trim, you're buzzing. You're, you're, yeah. growing old, you're growing old gracefully, I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Really... Thank you. No kids. It's like having no kids. My brother's had six. I'm having zero. So he's doing all the work for me. <laughs> I'm, 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 cutting, I'm cutting loose, cutting um, what's it, loads, sorry, because of the little packs I've got. But um, yeah, I'm mate. Rocking it well. Look at, look, uh, look at the grey hairs. The grey hairs. Yeah, so yeah, cool, yeah. Mate. <laughs> but let's let's go all the way back then. Let's go back to 2003. Is that when you guys yeah. joined, joined our team? I think 2002, yeah. 2002. So well, here we are. Young scholars, apprentices, YTs, what we want to call it, at Oxford. You were international at the time. Forget that. You and your brother. Yeah. Northern Ireland international players. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, we, I was. Talk, uh, talk briefly about our experiences then. No, I can. I can safely say I look back at that time in my life, and I still remember, and I still talk about it to my brother, and I do have a lot of regrets in terms of the process. The process wasn't right. Like there was a lot of fault on my side or our side in terms of, did we train enough? Did we dedicate ourselves enough? And I can safely tell you now, I'm that type of person is I'm loyal. If you're loyal to me, um, I never felt that loyalty at Oxford. I always felt that we were lackeys. I always felt that we were just glorified cleaners. I felt that, you know, if you've got a product, which we were, and regardless of who we are, or what, what potential they thought we had, you know, people grow at different stages. And I know a lot of players, for example, Dexter Blackstock, that probably didn't fulfill his potential until he scored and then he, re he realised that he was good enough to go further and then the light bulb moment went off. And there's players that, when I was younger, at 12, my light bulb was then. I was, I was pushing, I was pushing, I was doing really well. Got to 16, 17, and I just realised it just... The, the, level of, the level of coaching was poor. Um, the organisation was poor. And I just felt at the time that it just wasn't right for me. And I didn't, I, I felt the group as a group with me, you and everyone else that was in there. I didn't think we had the right amount of sort of love or attention for us to progress. Or, and if we didn't progress to go to a, another level where we could progress, I just felt it shell shocked me really mentally, mentally, it, it took a toll on me because I didn't expect football to be that way. I like what you said about being a product. Um, not sure if you were, I had a conversation with Mike Ford on the podcast regarding our experiences then. And for a yeah. while, I was always thought I was by myself, didn't have the right opportunity, didn't get given the chance. But then as I got yeah. older, as you say, looking back, yeah, I could have worked harder. But then he like reversed it that actually you weren't given an opportunity, the space. No. And you say about well, a product, if you have a product, which you say which we were, nurture it. You need to be looked after and given the right environment. I don't think we, we were, and obviously people in that environment did well, but I don't think the best opportunity was given in the space. Do you know what? I I, I would say this. Someone, if you said to me honestly now, James, how far could you have gone? I would have told you straight. Premier League, no. Championship football, no. League one, maybe. League two, if I, you know, non-league, earning a decent wage or going abroad and playing football. Mm. You know, 
I moved to Australia um, five, six years ago, wherever it was, and there's players coming from England who are earning $1,000 a week playing in Australia. The standard's nowhere near as good as non-league football over here. Yeah. And we just weren't given that opportunity. We weren't told anything. We were just, once we were released, we were released and we were just on our own. Mm. Um, during that process, you know, you know as well as I do, like, it's, it's okay to push someone, but in the right way. I always felt the way they treated us was not acceptable, not, uh, not acceptable at all because they didn't want to build us up. Like, I remember walking the changing rooms and Pat was walking past me going, under pressure, dun, 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 dun. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm not playing very well, mate, but build me up and give yeah. me the confidence to go and play well. Stop but trying to... That goes down to destroy me. where people were in their journeys. Like, as Mike Ford said, he, he would possibly change his style now, then, as opposed to now. He's learned a lot. Looking at Pato, Pato was probably our age now, mate. Straight out of football. I know. Doing his level two coach in the same time. No, sorry, level one. Level one coach we would do it at the same time. So imagine yeah. that. He's not an experienced coach. Then trying to teach us. He's still learning. And then trying to coach us. I do appreciate where he was in his space, in um in his journey, sorry. So, again, yeah. not putting all the fault on coaches in the environment. But, like, everyone was going through something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and Oxford at the time, Evan was going for some sort of trauma. You yeah. know as well as I do, the club wasn't run properly and the owners didn't, didn't really care about the club, so to speak. It's all about the land and what they could get from it. But I just felt everyone was a bit shell-shocked at that football club. And that period of time that we were there, it sort of took a toll on everyone. Pato, it took a toll on Charlie, it took a toll on David O'Field. I, I actually saw my Oxford City last year when I was coaching a men's team. Um, it took a toll on all of us. But I would actually say this, like my coaching methods can be sort of similar to Darren Patterson's. I'm a bit old school. I like a lot of discipline. I like them to be hardworking. Yeah. But I can tell you something now. Every single kid will get an arm around them. Yeah. And I would, I would always appreciate their efforts as long as they're working hard. I don't care how... I always say to the kids, I don't care how good or bad you are, as long as you turn up with the right attitude, I will help you. And that's all I care about. I will help you. And that's the most important thing for me. But I would never bring a kid down and sort of try and destroy his confidence because... Like you said, it's old school mentality. But I could deal with it as long as you whisper in my ear, I'm doing this for the right reasons, James. I'm doing this for the right reasons, but I never got that. I was like, me and Richard were like, I was anti-Oxford. I was like, <laughs> you know me, I just didn't care any, anymore. I just, yeah. I played, but uh, team cohesion, right? Okay, yeah. I was a first year, you were a third year at the time. There was no team cohesion. You lot hated us. We hated you. <laughs> it was like, you, you, you lot are out for yourself. We're out. We all blamed each other. And it was just the environment was poor. The whole thing was poor from start to finish. We never felt like it. Did you ever feel like a team? No, no. I'll, I'll tell you, <laughs> the, the time I felt like a team was when I was a schoolboy and first year. Again, when Fordy was in charge, but we had the older lot. So, um, like to Jamie Brooks, Peter Hackett playing, um, Dean White, he used to play sometimes. That felt like a team, but that the team mentality was was always there. Yes, you were individuals, but it was we are a team, and it showed in yeah. the success. I think that team won the league twice in twice in two years as a school year. We won it, and then also as the first year. And then after that, again, changes the management up a level. It, it does it does reflect in, in performances and the environment that that's created. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree with you. And um, I remember growing up and remembering the Chris Hackett's, the Dean Whiteheads, and. Oh, I knew about you guys, like Mikey Alexis, you, um, Torian at the time was sounded out to be one of the, the top players coming through. Um, but I felt 
and this is my honest opinion, that Oxford failed a lot more, lot more people than there were success stories. And I thought there was a lot of good players at that club yeah. who didn't get the right opportunities. And I felt that they were let down by the, by the system and the football system or the, the football economy, so to speak, at the club at the time, didn't give the kids the right opportunities to progress. Yeah. Because I'll give you, I spent more time cleaning the club than I did training. <laughs> How's that acceptable? I remember yeah. Pato, and I, I said this to my brother last week. I still remember to this day, and this is like trauma, because you don't forget it. Mm. It's like, I remember walking into change rooms, I'm starving, I'm soaking wet. Pato's got a grump on. The schoolboys, he's asked the schoolboys to come in over the holidays to train. They've got lunch boxes. I've got no food. I've got no money. I've got no money. I'm broke. You can't use the vendor machine. <laughs> can't use the vendor machine. I end up kicking the vendor machine and breaking into it all the time. And... He said to the kid, you take James's food. So I was left with no, no food. And I'm like... The soggy sandwiches. The soggy sandwiches that you crave for. <laughs> Someone's paid for. Yeah. <laughs> James Keeble's nan was making his sandwiches. And I was, I, that, tuna, that tuna mayonnaise baguette was like the, the be on end all to my life. I needed yeah. that tuna mayonnaise baguette. And he took it off me. And I can still remember that day. And I looked at him and I thought, and you want me to play for you? You want me to do well when you can do that to me? I'm just, I'm 17. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not in the army. This is not like the gulag. <laughs> it was. This ain't the gulag. You say that. It was army mentality. Um, so it was without bashing too much, we're going to move on in the minute. Oh. I look back on that time. Experience has good and bad. It's more to me to who I am today. But I remember yeah. one of his first training sessions. I'm not sure if you were there. You must have been there. And we were running. And we were shouting army chant. Do you remember? Yeah. Was that was that like a fart lick or up shot over? Yeah, no shot over. Yeah. yeah. Um, honestly, uh, look, I'm not going to bash it. I, there's, a, there's memories that I, I can safely say. Which, if I was in Pat, Darren Patterson's position, I'd have protected the players a lot more from the from the Ian Atkins, from from the sort of the environment that we we're in because it was not a football environment. But because look at the pitches we trained on, we couldn't even slide tackle because there was duck shit everywhere. You know, things like that. But I would have protected us more and I would have gone out my way more. But if I look at myself and reflect on myself, did I do enough? Did I push myself enough? And did I see past it? And when I left Oxford, did I do enough? Did I want to do anything to actually improve or get back into the system? And the answer is no. I didn't kick a ball afterwards. Couldn't be bothered. You know? That, that, that segue then moves on nicely because obviously I left a couple of years before you and didn't we have any interaction with you? I wasn't on social media. Um, and it was a conversation I had about, about four or five years later. And someone said to me, oh, we've seen what Richard and James are doing. I've heard, I've heard the story that you work, you guys work at Heathrow, which you can yeah. talk about. And then the last, next I heard, you guys have set up a gaming platform that you're going to school. <laughs> and my first thought was, and again, without hating, and again, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. working for ideas now, when I have an idea, I think, oh, how can I work on it? I didn't have an idea. I had ideas about them, but didn't want to. I was scared to act on them. Yeah. It kind of probably with a little jealousy. My first thought was, how the tweed managed to do that? <laughs> but hats off to you, fair play, because from what I saw of it, I was impressed. And I think it was um, showed me. I was like, this is incredible. But the fact that yeah. you said it from what I knew for you from years previously, like, what's going on here? <laughs> well, the funny thing is, you everyone always saw me and Richard as the jokers. Like, they always saw us as the, the sort of village idiots because we, we had that sort of attitude coming across things. But there was always a serious side to me and Richard. And I don't think a lot of people saw that at football. Um, and I think uh, we were always business-minded people. We were always idea people. And we always loved businesses. I, ever since I was growing up, I always loved making money on my own. So it was like business was my passion, not football. And that's where coaching came into it. But I remember one day I was working for Wickham Wanderers when I, I left football. I was working for Wickham Wanderers. I was at Heathrow. I was a scout for Wickham. And I was a coach for Wickham. 
And I went into a school, it was an after school club, and they said to me, can you do this? So I saw like 30 kids inside a hall smashing each other to bits. It was the worst session I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, I cannot believe parents pay money for this. Yeah. I can't believe this is truly tragic. And at the time, PlayStation and Xbox brought out the PS Moves and the Xbox 360 Connect. So I ran home to Richard and I said, Richard, this is at the same time, I'm going bankrupt. I've just, I owned four houses by the age of 24. I was going bankrupt. I was losing a property in America. I was losing my own home. I had 4,000 pound left on my credit card. And I said to Richard, we can do sports clubs with computers. We can teach sport with computers. And we, I said, Richard, we can do this. And I, I explained to Richard and he was like, mate, you're onto something here. So we ended up buying PlayStations, Xboxes, the Moves, the Wii's, the Kinects. And we sat in our apartment, which was being repossessed. And we sent out 110 emails to all the primary schools in Wickham, Buckinghamshire, everywhere. And we got five replies. We didn't have a clue what we were doing, how we were going to do it. And we just went with Again, it. Again, build like, it and they will come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, just blag it. Like, we just absolutely blagged the whole thing. So we had assemblies and stuff. And we had a waiting list over 100 children wanting to join. And the whole idea was we'd teach five or six sports, um, which would be boxing, long jump, table tennis. I think it was yeah, take, boxing, sprinting, hurdles, all on these things which would connect to the body or to your hand. Yeah. And we'd get them into conventional sports. So this was literally an alternative to children who don't want to do conventional sports, but to be involved in sport. So cut a long story short, we started this program. We didn't know, we didn't have like a system in place. We just taught it and it was fun. I look back at it now, we were just so ragtag. And uh, through that, Active Gamers. Active Gamers. It was literally called button bashing to start off with. And some parent come up to me and said to me, do you think that's appropriate for kids, button bashing? I went, do you know what? I'm changing the name. (laughs) So we went to AG Active Gamers and that actually changed the business. Actually, it went more popular after that. And, uh, so we literally had 25 schools. We had about 400 children a week on, on our system. Um, we were doing esports events. So esports was not heard of back in those days. Mm. And me and Richard still to this day think we come across the, one of the best ideas ever, which hasn't been used upon. And um, we were doing events. We had uh, celebrities come down. We had professional football players come down, hand out the yeah, awards. I think that's one, one of the and videos we, I saw that I was showing where it was like a yeah. bigger competition. Thinking, oh my gosh, this looks. No, it's like we had a thousand people in a room playing sport against other schools via PlayStations and and and, and Xboxes, and we were like, my friend comes to me one day, goes to me, "What the hell have you just done? Because this is just mental." So we did that and we grew, we grew, we grew. And then we said to ourselves, look, we need to franchise because we can't grow anymore because as like having staff is a headache. Mm. Having a lot of staff is a bigger headache. So we said, me and Richard said to each other, look, we need to franchise. So we spoke to some people and they said, look, you need to approach Sony or Microsoft with this idea and see if they can endorse you because the games, they weren't making them anymore. So we're on a time frame. We're like, Richard, we're going to be out of business in two years' time because kids want the PS4s, the PlayStation 5s. We were using PS3s and Xbox 360s. So we, we managed to get a meeting with the, with the president of Sony Europe in Liverpool. And we drove up. I don't know. How, I think it's my van. We drove up in our van. 
like a bunch of ragtag Irish gypsies drag up, drove up there, and we're like, just tell them by that you are Irish. Yeah, yeah I am Irish, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and um, and we travel a lot, and uh, so I ended up. We ended had this meeting. And we were like, look, mate, we want a franchise. This does great for children. We want to do this. We want to do that. Um, we feel this is the, one of the biggest ideas ever to hit the gaming scene because it's linking gaming with sports. And he basically said to me and Richard is, how much money have you got? And I went, uh, wow, not as much as you probably think. I, not as much as I probably need, but maybe 10, 20 grand or something. He's like, to come to, come to my office... And, and sell me an idea with no collateral. And if I invested in you, what have you got to give me if it all fails? I said, well, nothing really. He goes, you, he goes unless you've got 10 million pounds, there's no point having this conversation. He goes, to make a game that you're looking for and to franchise it as a going concern, you need to come with me for, with 10 million pounds. And I went, I looked at Richard, he looked at me, and we got off our seat, walked out of our tail between our legs. And do you know what? It was our baby. It was our passion because no one in the world has been doing it. Mm. Like, I could set up a football academy or athletics or tennis. Oh, everyone, everyone and, their, and their dog has done it. Um, I'm, I'm no different to anyone else. But that idea was unique, and it hadn't been done before. So that I walked out of there, and I said to Richard, I'm moving to Australia. I'm moving to Australia. I said, I'm going to move. Because I was so shell shocked from it all, yeah. well, and it first was like, all, fair, fair play for actually being in the room, having that conversation. But yeah, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. How, you, how you felt afterwards? Yeah, I felt like I felt like shit, mate. I honestly, I felt like I'm dealing with the big dogs here, and I didn't have no, I would say, big dog attitude to it. I just went in sort of raw, as a, a passionate young man who didn't really have a clue how business actually works. And he just looked at me and goes, "I don't care about little kids that you want to get fit. I don't care about the schools." It's all about units and it's all about numbers. It's a numbers game. And I'm like, well, this is the business world. And I'm like, now I've got a reality of what business is actually about. It's not about all the nicey, nicey things that go on. It's mm. about money and making money. <laughs> <laughs> and I just didn't have enough money. So we ended up, Richard carried it on for another year and it, it died a slow death. He dragged out as much as he could because Richard's like that. And I moved to Australia with my um, ex-partner. Um, and we moved there, and, and I, that's my journey from then, really. So moving to Australia, literally the other side of the world, on your own, was you your ex-partner. What was the yeah. plan when you went out there? Well, the plan was I was uh, massively into health. So I was, uh, I was studying natural hygiene for many years, and I was into raw foods, fasting. And a friend of mine who helped me a lot, um, his name's Dr. John Fielder, who's a raw foodist, and he's... He helps people with so many ailments, but ranging from cancer to diabetes or just to eye conditions. And he, was, he had a fasting retreat. So um, I wanted to go and study and learn off him. Not really knowing what to do, but I wanted to live in the tropics. I wanted that lifestyle. I wanted hot weather every day. I wanted to eat fruit. I wanted to drink sugar cane and have a good life. Um, the plan was to, I didn't know what the plan was, but we moved over there and I got a job straight away. And I, it was so funny, Josiah, I swear to God, like, I didn't really coach a lot of football when I left football. I swear to God, I didn't really coach a lot. I was, I knew how to coach, but only from what I knew, from what I got taught at Oxford. And uh, I went over there and I literally blagged it again. They were asking me so many questions about, you know, what's it like in England? What's your, 
you know, what's the structure like? How do you coach kids and all this sort of stuff? And I'm just going, I don't really know. So I was just on YouTube. I was on YouTube, just finding out coaching sessions. And I've done my level one. Doing your research. Doing your research. I've done my research. I was just like looking about what sort of sessions to do for young kids or kids that are in teenagers or older kids. And the guy said to me, I'll pay you $100 an hour. That's about £80 an hour at the time, £70 an hour. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, mate. I said, oh, yeah, I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Thanks, mate. I'm really experienced. And I had a great life, mate. I like for the first six months, I was living in near Sydney in a place called Wollongong. And I was literally, I learned how to coach. I started to become a coach, how to coach properly, working on technique, working on the basics. And I didn't really know that beforehand. And that, that gave me a platform. And then me and my missus, uh, we decided to move up to Queensland, um, the far, far north Queensland, which was a place called Cairns. And I got involved in another academy there called the Jamie Goslin Academy. Do you remember Jamie Goslin? Another name. Who did he play for? Jamie, Jamie Goslin played for Yeovil. He was quite, uh, he's quite famous in the lower leagues. You'll, yeah, if you Google yeah. him, you'll find out. So I started working for him. And uh, again, I was learning. He had a great academy, by the way. He, he, he smashed it. He come from England. He absolutely smashed it. So many kids. And he was doing so well for himself. And no, no disrespect to Jamie Goslin, like, but I just felt like I needed to do my own thing because mm. I knew I was good at coaching. And now I was starting to articulate my coaching methods and started to improve on what I was doing. And I was going towards my B license as well at the time. So um, I set up, a club came to me in Marlin Coast and said to me, do you want to be the first team manager? And they said, on top of that, would you like to run your football academy from our, our, football, uh, our football club? And it was only like three, four miles down the road from Jamie Goslin. So the conversation me and this poor guy had, it was tragic. Like, I didn't mean to, like, I didn't mean to j jump on his turf and stuff, but I just, I'm one of these guys that likes to do things on his own. It's an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, we fell out. We never spoke again. And uh, we, I set up an academy there. I run the football club. And they gave me the opportunity to run a team. Like, it was, it was like semi-pro up there. Um, and I can tell you something now. It was the best i've ever had in my life like coaching a men's team it's just something else i've never experienced anything like it and i started to love coaching like i started to love winning matches more than actually playing in matches yeah. like being a coach and see your team try and be a pep guardiola and play out from the back and score a goal there's no better feeling you think you're the best <laughs> thing since sliced bread and never 99 times out of 100 it never worked out but yeah. at one time when it does when, when your training sessions actually come into fruition you're like look at me look at me I did that for a couple of years and then it ended up my academy grew. I was doing really well. The money was great in Australia. I'm not going to lie. People would pay you crazy money over there to coach their kids. On, on the, the academy side, the, the, um, is that when you had the unit that was transported? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the unit. I built, I built a one, v, a one, a one, um, uh, a one-on-one coaching uh, unit inside. So when it, cause it rains a lot in um, uh, where I was living in the tropics. So, we built that. Um, I had about 60, 70 kids in my academy, which was, I was only a person working. I had no staff. It was just me and one other person. My friend Jamal had come over for the time, but he went back home. Um, and I had a great time, mate. Like, I can tell you now, my biggest regret, and everything happens for a reason, but my biggest regret in my life is leaving Australia. I absolutely loved Australia. Just the food, the lifestyle. Like, Josiah, you can have, you can earn a lot of money you can earn 100 grand, 200 grand a year. 
But in this country, you're sitting indoors watching TV like everyone else. Yeah. It's a oh, you're sitting, in, you're sitting in a fancy car in traffic. Yeah. yeah. You know, that doesn't add inches to anything that I think is, is good. And I said, to, always, I said to my partner, it's the lifestyle. And I couldn't get away from the fact that I'd wake up, hot weather, lived on the beach. I lived next to the Great Barrier Reef. I could go snorkeling. I could go surfing. I had a great life. It was just brilliant. And then me and my partner were going through a few problems. Um, so we decided to go come home. And then we ended up, during COVID, we ended up breaking up, which is a very sad time in my life and a very, um, I would say, a very soul-searching time for me to actually find out where I went wrong and what I did wrong in my life, uh, in my relationship. And there was, you know, I, at the time, I blamed her, she blamed me. But I can safely say it was both of our faults. And I can look at myself and say, you know, James, you could have done this better. You could have done that better to save the relationship. But ego and my attitude and just that we just we just didn't mix. And we just were just two op- polar opposites. So I came home. And then the two years of COVID sort of stalled everything. And then we're at this point now where I've picked myself back up again. And we're back on the train, mate. We're back on the train. <laughs> incredible journey incredible story as well uh, oh, to see. What, what i love to see for you and especially your brother but again your brother that's another conversation which i'd like to have he's mad the he's fact that mad. You, you put your mind to something and you do it i don't care like just, hey, I, I, <laughs> my my friend was with me and david lloyd last couple of weeks ago and he's saying to me oh i want to do this i want to do that i said mate you're you're that part person that walks up the stairs and you try to open up the trap door and it's open but you don't want to open it. I said, what have you got to lose in this life? What are you worried about? Your house, your car? What are you worried about? Not having savings in your bank account? Like, build a book, build a story. Like, I've had, I've had money and I've had no money. Mm. And I'll tell you something now, the most enjoyable times in my life is when I've had no money because I'm grinding it out. <laughs> and and I just so I can say one thing about, you know, the Pat, Darren Patterson attitude about grafting and hard work ethic i was brought up in a polish and irish house i know what hard work is no i know what family values are and you remember my dad he was a, yeah. he was he was a legend and um i just i know this that any hard times that come like covid like anything of financial crisis or anything like that i can deal with it mm. because i can just i can get through it because i know what it's like to have nothing so it's well, okay it's, for it's, me it's all about the mindset so i say to my wife all the time i wake up in the morning like even today smiling bubbly and I'll say to her, it's good, isn't it? And she'll go, what? I go, life. And now she knows. When I say it's good, she goes, what, life? But it's the, the fact that I will think to myself, it could be worse. I could be could somewhere be else. I could be somebody else who is having a shit time right now. Or it's yeah. shit time for me, but it could be worse. I could be doing something else that I don't like. So, yeah, that, yeah. that positive PMA, positive mindset can take you, take you a long but way. Pe- people always say, oh, my life's shit. This happened to me. That happened to me. I said, join the queue. <laughs> I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone who's not had a hard life who has to deal with trials and tribulations of life. It happens. We get sick. We get ill. People die. We go through problems. We go through breakups. We go through turmoil. Some of it's our fault. Some of it isn't our fault. Um, so join the queue. I said, but you just have to move on from it. You have to deal with it because that's what makes you strong. And all this modern day stuff about mental health and stuff like that, I think it actually softens people down because sometimes in life, life isn't fair accept it for what it is because it isn't fair unfortunately and if you think you're going to have a fair you want you want some sort of fair equal playing field with people it ain't going to happen 
if a kid were, if a kid goes to school in Eton, and I went to school in uh, a state school in Beaconsfield, who's got more opportunity? He has. That's that's not fair, but it's, it's that's life. Deal with it's it. Really Move on from you, it. What you do with that experience, that, that opportunity that you Deal do with have. it? Because in the same vein, you've gone to school. There are some, some people that haven't got the opportunity to go to school. So now what's your hundred <laughs> percent? And I said to him, I said to him, I was never educated, never had education, never went to school. But one thing my dad taught me, he always said to me, "You've got a big mouth and a big pair of bollocks, and if you've got that, you'll be okay." Because I never had a trade. My dad tried to teach me carpentry, wasn't interested. So. What can I do? Well, I can talk and I've also, I take a lot of risks. So that should hold me in good stead. Sometimes it backfires a lot, yeah. but when it goes right, it goes right. And like I said, energy is everything. Like I put my energy into it and it just seems to, you know, everything seems to sort of happen in a way it should do. My partner's like to me, oh, James, like we've done so well in the last 10 weeks. And I'm like, I said to Rajpreet, my partner, I should be listening to this later on. So uh, it's her birthday tomorrow. So happy birthday to her oh, tomorrow. Oh, and I've got, got to say to you as well, belated birthday, fellow Virgo. September 11th, you know, happy. <laughs> I, I, someone said to me yesterday the other day, said to me, so you've got a twin and you were born on September 11th. And I was like, don't, don't even go I there. Bring that up. I wasn't going to bring it up. I didn't want to dock your birthday. But yeah, in football, obviously, when you first started, no, yeah, September 11th had happened. And then you joined. It was like, you and your, you and your twin... September yeah. 11 and the Twin Towers. But then I was about to say, when you mentioned about being loud and taking risks, I remember Pat saying, the reason why you two are always injured is because you tackle like you're madmen. Oh, mate, that's, that, is, that has been me and Richard all our life. We're just crazy. Like, Richard's more crazy than me. Like, he's super crazy. Um, I'm, I ain't got the level of craziness Richard has. He is, I would say he is the most headstrong human being I've ever come across you know for a guy to have six children um to homeschool his children and to run a full-time business and be a national company I've, I'm like Richard mate you have got some kahunas mate like he has got an amazing family life and he's got a strong partner and mate if I have that if I have 50% of what Richard has mate I'm gonna be successful 100% <laughs> definitely so yeah I'm walking note, you're talking about the national company you got the brand, you've got the brand, the ENG. Yeah. Do you want to talk about how that how that was born? Because I love what you've done with it and the engagement as obviously explain what ENG is in regards uh, to support generally. Uh, so ENG started off as a um we we were in our clubs when we were doing active gamers and we would say to the kids, hard work, they'd say dedication. You've probably seen it on my I get all the kids to say it. It's like a trigger. Um I got a Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, he used to do it a lot, hard work, dedication. So he had TMT, the money team. And I love, I love the branding. I love TMT. It just sounded great. And a lot of companies like AIG, everyone works off like the free, free, what free letters. The acronyms. So yeah. I said to Richard, acronyms. That's it. That's the word. So acronyms. And I was like, ENG, earned not given. It's got a powerful message to it. And a lot of people think it's England. So everyone yeah. thinks we're the England Football Academy, <laughs> which which gives me more business, which is brilliant. Are you the England Football Academy? I'm like, it yeah, works. I'm England it Football works. Academy. And. Uh, so we started making T-shirts saying ENG. I think we jumped into that. Oh, we're going to be, we're going to be a fashion label now. So we, we jumped into that ENG. And then from that, Richard started ENG with netball. I started ENG in Australia with, in Australia. And we had the ENG netball, ENG football academy. And that's how it was born. But I just love the message. It's a powerful message. Mm. And I, again, you fall into these things. You don't, the best things in life is when you fall into it. Like I met my new partner. She brought her kids to football 
and I fell into her. I lit not literally, but we fell into so you, each you other. You got yourself a soccer mum. <laughs> I got a soccer mum, mate. Like I've got a hundred percent soccer mum. I'm so happy. Like she is. She's level one trained. She's level one coach. She's one of the only Punjabi coaches in the area. Um, Nike have contacted me yesterday. They want to do a piece on her, um, and they want to pay for a level two. So she's more famous than me now, mate. I'm actually, I'm actually thinking. I've been chucked to the back burner. Yeah, yeah so, on the back burner. But they say behind every successful man is a successful woman pushing him. So I guess you no, no, no. I, look, <laughs> I, I, I know. Serious. This woman here, right? She's a Virgo as well, so that's good. Um, but me, and my last partner, no, like again, I never want to badmouth her because we were with each other 14 years, but we never, we never were together. We never sort of pushed each other. I thought we were like polar opposites. We were always battling. Mm. We we're battling each other, but. With Rajpreet, she's just she changed my life. She saved my life, and uh, well, same, I'm same mission, to her. same mission, same drive. She's on, a, she's on a mission. She's gone through a lot, and uh, I sort of we've pushed each other, and we're on the same wavelength. I, I can say you now we've been together 16 months now, and we haven't had an argument in 16 months. That is a miracle. Like yeah. I, I, I don't know what an argument like. I, we don't argue. If we disagree, we just laugh. Not, not even on, on tactics. Who's the best coach? No, no, she sometimes she sometimes tries to get involved too much and I have to put her in her place. But but other than that, you know, she's brilliant. So um, I'm so lucky. I'm very, very lucky, man. So um yeah, throughout your journey then you've spoken about everything you've done, traveling. Let's talk about the traveling coach, actually. Because that was another that was yeah, that, yeah. Was just, that was just for engagement, but I like what you did with that. Yeah, so I was just like, um, I've got two passions, which is coaching, food, uh, three passions, coaching, cooking, and traveling. And um I, tr- I coached in India. I traveled around India and coached there, which was fun. I done it in Chennai, which is, oh my God, if you think pitches are bad in this country, oh my God, you, you actually train on a sewage, a pitch with no grass and sewage, and a thousand, a million mosquitoes biting you at the same time. That was, it was uh, mate, the kids were brilliant though. The kids were so good. Like, technically, these kids were brilliant. But um, yeah, so I, I just combined sport because my Instagram is, all you see in my Instagram is traveling and football. Mm. Um, I, don't, I don't really put like, my private life on there, but I like to sort of, I don't know, engage with people. People like to see a few things and they message me saying, oh, what you're doing is great. And I try and inspire people in a little way. Um, but I, like this year, me and my partner, we've done 11 countries this year. So I want to, I, I want to, be, I want to try and go to as many countries as possible. And I've, I think I'm on 35 now. So I want to get to 40 by the end of the year. Um, my 12th country is coming up soon. And uh, yeah, I just combined two together, two of my passions together, and I just and I just enjoyed traveling. I enjoyed seeing the world. I'm a bit, do you know what, Josiah? If someone said to me, live out your suitcase and just travel around for the rest of your life, I could do that easily. Not yeah. a problem. And the thought of uh, your passions with you. <laughs> no, the thought of sometimes like having a job and retiring at 65 and enjoying my life. I don't buy into that, mate. I'm not one of those people, that, that mate. Mundane lifestyle. I think for a lot of people that that lifestyle, that attitude of job for life was going out the window anyway with technology. But I think 2020, which I was going to say to you, you mentioned it was a, a bad year for you. But I think for a lot of people, it became the making of them. It gave people the opportunity yeah. to, to reassess their lifestyle, what was important. And then obviously you talk 100%. about your, what you're doing now, your experience yeah. to that point, and you're, you're flourishing. No, no, you're right, mate. Because COVID, I think COVID, during that time where you're just not doing nothing and you're not busy like we're so busy like your kids are all grown up now i can't believe how grown up your kids are and you just blink mm. and it's all gone like i remember being 16 17 i still feel like i'm 21 yeah, yeah. i don't feel 
I don't feel my age. I feel like I'm 21 still. And um, when you take a step back and you realize, you start to evaluate your life, oh, you know, then you get to realize that it's a cleaning out process as well. Like you realize that time is, time is very short. It's very valuable. And I put value on my time. Mm. Like I put a lot of value on my time now, which I've done before. I lost that. And I put value back on my time again because it is precious. Time, um, time, is, time is your greatest asset. And a lot of people don't is. appreciate that in, until maybe too late. People work like dogs, like 10, 15 hours a day. Like in Southwind, parents would work 10, 15 hours a day. But you, you don't get to enjoy it. You know, don't tell me you're going to enjoy it when you've got no knees left, your hips are gone, you've got diabetes and you're, you know, you're struggling and you're trying to get up the stairs and you can't, you're out of breath. You know, life is a living. And like you said, Josiah, like if you, we don't live in the days where our parents worked in the local community, got, had a job in the community, kid school there. You could, you could pack your bags now Work from your laptop in Costa Rica if you wanted to. Yeah. And it have no blind bit of difference. Your life can just, you can do that. Back in my, our parents' day, they couldn't do that. We got mm -hmm. the opportunity to do that. There's a lot of good and bad in the world. The way the world's going, there's a lot of good and bad. It's just duality. You have to weigh it up. And, and, and sometimes I think, oh my God, this world's going crazy. But in another sense, I think, well, there's a lot of opportunity as well. Yeah. I like the analogy of, I met with someone recently and they said the way he sees society going is that we will live a nomadic lifestyle. So you said working remotely, but your work, you're moving your tribes and you're split up. So say for example, you and I were doing some coaching together. We'd meet up at a location. We'd spend time there. But actually I want to go to North America and you want to go back to Australia. So we then split yeah. up. We go with another tribe, work remotely, still work together or work with different yeah. tribes. It's like, oh my gosh, I, you, but you could see, visualize how that's going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, we're just going back to a way, the way we were, but just in a different sense. Like, I think there's a massive split off now between fighting the old and accepting the new. Whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not, it's going to change. You can't change it. You can't stop it. It's like a runaway train. You just got to get on it and enjoy the ride. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing about it is that we try and, like me and my brother were saying to each other, oh, some people say, bring back the old days. Perfect. <laughs> Why? I was like, why? Why would I want to go back to the old ways for? Because people are just as messed up in the old ways. Yeah. Maybe we can, maybe things can, like I see so many people now who like, like so many people now have got like just in general, people's lifestyles, people's health, people, people take more care of it. People are more aware of it. People are more aware of their, their value. Mm. People don't want to just go Like people. They say there's a, there's a, there's a staff shortage. Well, I know why, because people know their value. Yeah, <laughs> people don't want to. People, young kids growing up now, they're, they're watching YouTube, TikTok, yeah. they're watching all these people make money from doing nothing. Basically, they can get on their laptop and make money from Bitcoin or, or, or she, they can trade. You've got little kids who are trading, mm. like on online, 14 year olds who are trading in what's that thing called, which is they can you can buy characters. What's it called? Oh, um, not Second Life, My, Minecraft. Can, is that like, that, no, no, no. Do you know what that just came out? You could you can buy um like these paintings and you can buy oh NFTs like, low, NFTs I have yeah, fourteen yeah, yeah. year olds into NFT NFT businesses but I again the world is changing and sometimes people don't want to work in a shop for eight pound fifty an hour mm. work fifty hours a week and then end up having no money after they pay their bills it's just people are not again, in that it's, mindset anymore it's putting value on your time but also following your passions okay so, yeah for some people 
maybe some people. It is a necessary in society to work and earn money. But please, let's try our hardest to earn money in a way that rewards us and we get something from it. It's not just mundane. And obviously, I know appreciate these jobs have got to be done, but don't make yeah. it your your life's work. Try, try and find yeah. your, your, your ikigai. Um, and that's what I try and do with everything I'm doing now with coaching. As you mentioned about coaching men's team, I just got involved with the 23s of the city. And I'm trying to impart knowledge and wisdom onto them that I wish Ooh. I had at a young age. It's like, boys, you have so much opportunity right now. Make the most of it. But I appreciate it. Look at I the was... pitches they play on. 3G every week. 3G 40, every mate. week. 4G. 4G. <laughs> hey, Josias, my touch would be perfect if I played on 4G every single week. I saw Not you, mate. You scored, you scored the other day. Yeah, well, I'll bring it back. Then I, I don't know. I, I, well, two, I don't know how I got those two, two goals. Two draw, was it? Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, I, do you know what? I'm like a big kid when it comes to football. I, I, I still got the, I still got the vibe for it. Um, well, I, I saw I, your post, and I liked it, and I thought he's not, he's not a bit in here. And so I messaged again, thinking he's going to give me the caller. And then I messaged back, and you went, "Oh yeah, but just." <laughs> but I would love to do. I would love to do like an ENG versus Ox United Vets. I would love Let's that. Let's do it. Let's do it. I, I, I'd have a. I, I could get like two hundred. I can get about five thousand people from Southall down to watch the game. It's Let's not do a it. problem. On, on a serious note, we talk about take action. Do it. We'll organise it. We're, we're you know, it. you know, you know, seven aside game. You know yeah. the people. We'll set a day. I can get five hundred. I've just on a separate note. I've just been at a club, um, organising something for Christmas, and I'm going to invite you guys down. A youth two youth team. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! That'd be fantastic. Yeah, but yeah, we'll definitely do. What is it? You want to do a senior one? Yeah. Yeah, seven asides. Yeah. The, the kids would love it, and I'd i build it up massively, and I'll, I'll get the whole of Southall down. <laughs> I'm literally excited. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. Yeah, mate, all, 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 all the aunties will bring down samosas. They bring down their food. It'll be a great day out. Incredible. Love it. Cool. It'll be it. brilliant, honestly. But I don't know, mate. Lovely talking to you, mate. I, said, I, I haven't spoken to you properly for ages. You used to hey, used to bully the, me the every day. We passed David Lloyd Oxford, didn't we? Just randomly. Yeah, we passed David. What are you doing here? Oh, look, look, this is David Lloyd is my office, mate. They're Which one you at? South or David Lloyd? I'm not. I'm at, uh, I go everywhere. I'm like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a David Lloyd nomad. Yeah, I just go from you? every David Lloyd. I've got so many to pick from. Which one? I you just at? go from one. I'm at Sudbury, which is lovely. I need to try that one out. I haven't been there. You know, mate, you need, you need to drive down to Northwood. Okay. Northwood's meant to be grade that's one. It's, like, that's, that's, it's just that's, off the M40 near Watford. Yeah, that's, which is the one? Um... Acton, that's a different one, is it? Uh, yeah, Acton's another. Yeah, Acton's sort of one. They, they call it yeah. a bougie one. Yeah, um, Bista just opened. Criteria to go there. Yeah, exactly. So I've got Hampton, today. I've got. Which one's open? Bista. They've got one in Bista now? They opened today, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you know, David Lloyd made so much money during COVID because everyone now works from David Lloyd. Exactly. So memberships exactly. went through the roof. Yeah. But yeah. But honestly, man, I've I've got a shoot because I've got some wedding. Uh, no, not wedding. I've okay. got birthday. Uh, I've got birthday stuff to sort out. But I tell you something right. now. Thanks for having this chat. It's like to, it's like talking to a mate. It's just brilliant. It is definitely. So time knows no barriers. It feels like just speaking to you when we were kids. But obviously, a bit more mature now. But before you go, then I'm going to ask a question that I ask everyone. Um, um, you have a time machine. You go back to the school gates when you're 16. What one bit of advice would you give yourself? Um. Uh, oh, that's a good question. What advice I give myself? Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> really? You sure? Yeah. That don't. Sometimes I got myself in situations where I didn't have to because 
I felt like I needed to just keep your mouth shut, stay under the radar, and you know, be I'm, successful in silence. I've never done this, but I might. I'm going to change that slightly because from who you are is your voice. I'm going to say be selective with your words because keeping yeah, your be mouth selective. shut, keeping your mouth shut, possibly giving you the opportunities that you that you found yourself in. Yeah, one one thing I have learned is that you know when I was playing football, we used to brag a lot about I play for Oxford, I play for Northern Ireland, all this rubbish. Um, I would say, especially for kids growing up now, I, I had to have a word of my friend's um, son because he had a lot of these young kids now have got Instagram. This is a shout out to all the kids who are in academies and football clubs. Stop the Instagram, stop profiling yourself because yeah. football is a cutthroat business. And I can tell you now that the chances of making it are very, very slim. Don't set yourself up for a fall because it will destroy you. Get off the social media and be successful in silence. Yeah. Yeah, just before you go, I'm going to run up on the, on that note. Sorry, 23's team. They're probably not listening to this, but I've told them to their faces. I want to get them to a level where they want to get into the first team. This is what you need to do. For me, minimum work hard. We had a game the other day. We lost. We drew. Sorry, felt like a loss to me. Went home. I was peed off. First reaction from them is, "Oh, can we get the footage from the game?" Why? Not to analyze, to clip it for their bits. I'm thinking, but we had eight chances and we drew one one all. We should have won the game. If you won the game, or you, you played well, I can understand get one of the clips. But why do you want the clip from that game? And don't tell me it's because you want to improve. Don't tell me that. It's because you want to clip your 20 seconds of your little school you did, a shot you had, a pass. Thinking, That's the wrong mentality. Well, uh, well I, one thing I, I left out, I was a first team manager for semi-pro team, London Tigers. They're step six. This is like yeah. the lower level of, of football, right? We play against teams like Crendon. Uh, near oh, you, you missed out Real Bifford as well. I wanted you to come yeah. on manager. When I heard you were manager London Tigers, I thought next season you'll play Real Bedford. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Real Bedford just beat him actually um, yeah. this, this, this season. But the crazy thing is, is that I had players coming to me saying they want to make pro. And I was like, you're in a step six football. Like, and you're not even training properly. You don't even yeah. come to train on time. You don't you need work to be doing more enough. than what the pros are doing right now to be better than them. What are you doing? I could, my brain couldn't, couldn't and they, <laughs> A lot of them wanted money to get paid. Yeah. And I'm like, what world am I living in here? I got so, like, in Australia, these guys would listen to you because, again, the dynamics are different. In this country, I'm sorry, but these players in non-league football, in the lower echelons, need to get a grip and yeah. really focus on the fact that football, you are just a one of a billion people that are doing it's it. A, if you want, If you want to make something for yourself, just please focus on working hard and stop this nonsense that you're going to be pro when you live working in step six. Well, drove it's on your me shirt, mad. Mate. It's on your shirt. It's earned, not given. Exactly. You need to they, earn the opportunity, didn't... earn the right to actually demand somebody, earn the right to be, say, actually, I want to be a pro. How are you going to do that? By working hard and what the pros are working right now. Yeah, okay. How far, we, how, how far were we from becoming yeah. pro and we were in the pro scene? Mm. We were only a, a step away, but it felt like a million miles away. That's what I want to try and pass on. I I felt like I was in really touching distance, but I know how hard I worked to not make it. And that was back then. So even now... And you, hard, you worked hard. You worked hard. You were dedicated. But it just goes to show that work, hard work and dedication is not, it's not a given. No. You know, you know as well as I do, the coaches, the new coaches came in, brought all their players in. Yeah. So, to, like, there's a good success story, which is Gareth McCleary. Um, we played with him. He went to non-league, Slowtown with you guys. He was playing at Slowtown. And you know what? Fair play to him. This guy had a big pair of bollocks and he thought, no, I'm going to be a professional football player. Yeah. And he went on and he went that, to play at Wembley in the FA Cup final and stuff. 
the hardest working player I've ever known to this day. And that shows, again, proof of work in the teams he's played for, where he's played, and his physique. At middle age, mid, mid-30s now, fitter probably than all the younger players coming through. And they need, that's one player they, need, they would need to look at and say, am I working as hard as that person? One, to be a professional and then to have a career. It's right being a professional, exactly. but can you have a career in football? How are you going to do yeah. that? It starts with a hard work. The talent that that comes and goes, but the work rate needs to be you need to maintain and, that. Level. And the money, the money you earn in lower league football, like League One and League Two, they all everyone seems to think everyone's on ten grand a week. Trust me, these people are paying mortgages and they're struggling. Yeah. So let's not even go there in terms of how much these players are getting paid. It's a hard life. It's a very difficult way to 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 have a living. Mm-hmm. One year contracts, two year contracts. You're in Carlisle one year. You're in <laughs> Yeovil the other year. It's not. It's it's you know. It's it's, it's not, not all glitz and glamour, but again, no. being better off than other people's situation. It's a good life to have. It could be yeah. worse. I'd rather be, as you say, in Carlisle, running around kicking a bag of air. I think I'm. What's it called? Um, a leather ball around full of air in the yeah. rain and cold than doing another job that I was doing. So swings around about. Yeah. But you know, you got to take take what it is. That's going to require. A lot of work, a lot of commitment. Are you willing to do that? A lot of people. Yeah, are. yeah. So, um, but yeah, mate, being brilliant. I appreciate um, the time. Get, we're gonna yeah, catch get, up. Get, we're gonna, get, we're gonna get, get that tournament. Get, get Richard on as well. Get Richard on that. That'd be funny. Because uh, this I, this guy. I've, uh, I've messaged him recently. Um, oh, brilliant! But um, yeah, we're gonna get that that, that thing sorted. ENG, no worries, mate. ENG no worries. comes to Oxford. Homecoming. <laughs> All right, brilliant. Now I'm gonna organise that. So if you get seven players your end, ex United players, I'll get yeah. mine. And we'll, we'll have it. <laughs> nice one. All right, have cheers, a good mate. Day. Take care. Thanks for your bye. time, mate. Take care. Bye. bye. Conversations with the Tweeds are always fun. You never know which way it's going to go. This one in particular with James, really enjoyed. Um, can't wait to catch up with him again. Um, look out for the game that we're going to play. <laughs> the ENG versus Oxford United um, Vets game. Um, that will be interesting to get all the old boys back. But as ever, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, please get involved with the show by checking out the show notes, sending some messages on social media. If you're using Fountain app, send some messages. Um, you'll receive sats by listening and also you can send sats our way. But um, yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Remember, earn not given. And always remember, variety is the spice of life. <laughs>